Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio and producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Stock have too high a price? Buy a slice. Trade fractional shares of your favorite U.S. stocks and ETFs in any dollar amount you choose with zero commissions online. Get started at fidelity.com slash stocks by the slice. Fractional share quantities can be entered to three decimal places if the value of the order is at least one cent. Dollar-based trades can be entered to two decimal places. Sell orders are subject to an activity assessment fee from one cent to three cents per $1,000 of principal. Fidelity Brokerage Services, LLC. Member NYSE SIPC. Did you say you died for like a second? Uh, I would say I died for like a second four times. Um, I'm trying to be good about like moving towards my discomfort because I think that's the way you grow as a person. And it... uh has resulted in you dying. Steve? Well, hello. How are you, Steve? I'm doing all right. Pulling off to work on some cornbread. You said you're eating some cornbread? Yeah, I am eating some cornbread. Uh, is it just cornbread, or are there any, like, meats going along with that, or simply the side of cornbread? Um, it is straight-up cornbread with some corn in it. There's corn in the cornbread? There's corn in the cornbread, yes. I feel like cornbread doesn't typically have corn in it. I mean, I just like corn, I guess. And it has a bit of moisture, so it's not as dry. Really? Yeah. Where did you get it from? Um, It's like a Jiffy box. Like one of those 60 cent boxes. Steve, it says here you want to talk about a near-death experience that you had recently. Uh, yeah, I passed out while I was free diving, and my heart stopped four times. Hmm. While you were free diving, so well, like diving into like into a pool. Uh, I was at a spring. Hmm. Hmm. Uh, and is free diving an activity that you regularly do? Um, I had been doing it for probably like four months, so I was just starting out. Mm-hmm. Um, what made you want to get into free diving in the first place? Um, well, it was kind of a way to confront a fear. I'm extremely afraid of drowning, so I wanted to learn how to confront that by getting better at holding my breath and swimming underwater. I like that. Are you a guy who typically, if something, if you have a problem or something like that going on, you like to confront it head on? Um, I used I, I used to not be, but now I am. Um, I'm trying to be good about like moving towards my discomfort because I think that's the way you grow as a person. I like that. I like that you did that, and it uh, has resulted in you dying. It sounds like did you did you say you died for like a second? Uh, I would say I died for like a second four times. So how high up were you when you were diving into the spring? How high up was I? What do you mean? 
Well, you you were you it was, it was a high dive, right, or free dive? You said. Yeah. Um. Uh. You're just going underwater, so I was at like. Oh. Level. Oh. Oh. All right. So it's uh, like uh, you put on like scuba gear and shit. Yeah, but free diving, you're just holding your breath. There's there's no gear involved. Oh. Okay. So it was deep sea diving. But just at a spring, yeah. You holding your breath. How long were you under the water for? Yeah. Around thirty seconds. It's a long time. Yeah, I thought it wasn't, but it is a long time. Were you alone? Did you have people around you who would like uh, be there in case if any safety mishaps happened? Well, see, that's the thing. I was being really, really stupid, and I was alone, and also didn't tell anyone where I was. You were completely alone. I mean, there were just some bystanders around the, the spring, but yeah, I was alone. So give me a, give me a play-by-play here of, of what happened. So I don't actually remember exactly what happened. So everything I know is from what the bystanders told us later. Um, basically, I did a dive and came up, and it looked like I was in trouble. Then I passed out and started to sink. Some guy pulled me out and pulled me to shore, um, and they checked for a pulse, and I didn't have any. So they started CPR, got my heart started. They turned me on my side to make sure there was no water in my lungs, and there wasn't. Um, and then they brought over an AED, one of those like electronic defibrillators, and it shocked me three times until I was finally breathing on my own again. And then an ambulance came and took me to the hospital. So I'm very interested in this because you've established, even before this happened, that you went through some transitional period where you were not a guy who liked to sort of seize the day, take life head on, but you became that guy. And an experience like this, a near-death experience, this is the kind of thing that sets people off, you would think, into wanting to uh, make more of their lives. But you were already on that kick. So I'm wondering, yeah, how did this accident further contribute to this life kick that you were on of, I'm going to start taking things head on? Um, it kind of made me realize I was taking things a bit too head on. Like Mm. I was trying to seize the day a bit too much and Mm. realizing the risk and kind of ignoring it and doing things that I knew better that I shouldn't do. Mm. So how long ago did this happen? it, It, this happened last October. So this is five months ago. Okay. And, uh, in this in these past five months, have you been doing anything uh, that you would that you would consider to be in the category of seize the day activities? Well, I've been going through extensive testing of my heart, so I haven't really had the the ability to. But I don't think I would want to if I could. Where do your thoughts lie surrounding life in general? 
at this point? Um, well, after this, I feel a lot more comfortable about death, if that makes any sense at all. Mm -hmm. um, because for me, death was like a light switch. Like, I, I don't remember the entire experience of, you know, passing out. Like, the last thing I remember is standing on a ledge, getting ready to do my last dive. And then, like, the next day in the hospital, I started to come to and realize where I was. So you've gotten more comfortable with the idea of dying? Um, death in general. I think I'm still afraid of, like, the process of dying. But since I was not even able to, you know, realize I was dying, it was really kind of peaceful for me. Not for anyone around me, especially, you know, my family. But for me, it was kind of comforting to know that, you know, it's you're just gone and that's it. Right, because you didn't have much time to freak out about it or to even think about it. it just happened. Um, yeah, it's, it's an interesting situation where everything I know about that sort of experience, I've had to learn through the trauma of my family. How so? Um, well, I, that whole day of realizing what happened, I had to learn through what my mother and father said and what my girlfriend said about the situation and what oh, they right, went right, through. Right, right. Since, you know, it's, I have no concept of anything that happened in that entire day. Right. And while in a weird way, it was a little peaceful for you, it must have been very stressful for uh, your family. Yeah. Um, especially my girlfriend. Uh, I, I arrived at the hospital as a John Doe. They couldn't identify me. Um, and my girlfriend is a medical student. So um, she, in her program, rotates through a bunch of the hospital sites around the area. And she happens to be at that hospital in that department and walked in and saw me and basically was like, what the fuck are you doing here? Really? She just happened upon you at, so she was at the hospital before she even knew that you were there. She just walked in on you. Yeah. She's just doing her medical school rounds and then just walks in on her boyfriend. It like almost dead in one of the rooms. Yeah, so she's a she's an X-ray student. So her team got an order for a John Doe suspected drowning with syncope. Um, she said at the time that she walked by and it was a a huge commotion with people. And then she said, you know, well I'll come back later. And when she did, she realized it was me and said she couldn't really believe it. That's fucking crazy. Yeah, it's a little terrifying. Um, that first, you know, I want to say like six or so hours, like all I could answer any question was with my name. So like, I didn't even recognize who she was. And as soon as she told the doctors that she knew who I was, you know, they start 
pouncing on her for any bit of information that she can get, they can get from her, and it was a bad time. And oh man, that's uh, that's very wild. I mean, I mean, yeah. What would have even what would have even happened? Like, I, I, I'm trying to think of like how they would even know to if you're in a. a place where you're not in the right mind to provide any information about yourself like how long would it have been before your family would even have known that there was anything going on if they weren't able to identify um it it would have been my girlfriend getting home and me not showing up that day and them trying to figure out where the hell i was yeah yeah man how long were you out for where you didn't uh, you weren't able to provide any information about yourself? Um I want to say like the rest of that day. I want to I arrived at the hospital around like just after noon, afternoon or so. And for for the rest of that day like I was just slowly working to get back whatever cognitive function I could. And it's a miracle that I had cognitive function at all and didn't have any sort of like brain injury from the lack of oxygen or any sort of other injuries. And where are you now after five months? Are you pretty close to where you were before the accident? Um, pretty much. Yeah. Um, all of the testing on my heart came back totally normal. Um, at this point, my doctors think that my heart stopping didn't happen first. It was probably a result of what I was doing that day. Um, and about three weeks ago, I had a monitoring implant put in so that it records my heart constantly and see if we find anything weird over three years or so. Mm. Mm. Oh, so you're going to be monitored for the next three years to see if anything's uh, going on. Yeah, it's it's constantly recording. Um, and I have a little button that I can press if I feel symptoms or anything that makes a mark so that they can see what's going on at that time. But yeah, the battery of press? the device lasts three years. Like yeah, it's like time. a little like remote. Wearing, on like my a life chain. alert type of thing, like a little keychain. If your heart does something weird, you just press a button. Yeah, it's not like something I wear or anything, but it's on my keychain. Yeah. Does it look cool? I wouldn't say it looks cool, no. Can you like make it look cool? You know how you can get like a like a Star Wars credit card and shit like that. Like, can you customize it? <laughs> I don't know. I like a, like a Game Boy case that I can paint over or something like that. I haven't thought of that. Yeah, something like that. I mean, that would be kind of sick. That would be kind of sick. I should look into that. Um, before we go, Steve, any final thoughts about any of this? Any final um, epiphanies? that you would like to share from this whole this whole thing. I mean, this is interesting again because it sounded like you were on this uh YOLO kick beforehand and then you had the near death experience and the near death experience is typically what drives people into the YOLO kick, but since you were already on, it acted like this like Uno reverse card to the YOLO mm-hmm. kick. And you were like uh and now you're in a position where you're like, all right, maybe I should like calm the fuck down because going YOLO mode got me uh, a little too in deep. But yeah. also that said, 
There's ways to go YOLO without necessarily uh, doing, uh, like, going skydiving and uh, free dives. There's ways to do it that's not, like, you know, extreme sports and shit. Yeah. Um, I think the, the biggest thing that I realized and the most important thing that I realized was that, you know, I, I have to think about how my actions affect my family more because it, it really was a situation where I was going too hard and thinking really about how I can make myself feel good and experience my life to the fullest but not understanding the repercussions of how that might affect, you know, my family and especially my girlfriend, you know, um, my, I, I care about her opinion just as much as I do mine now. So I, I need to be more conscientious of the things that I do. If I want to continue having a good relationship with her. Steve, uh, thank you very much for sharing your story with us. This is very informative. Thank you. Thanks for talking. Uh, don't free dive alone. Don't swim alone. Because uh, that shit's bad. Thank you for calling, Steve. Appreciate you. Have a good night. Huh. YOLO mode can have an adverse effect on the people that we care about. I'm the, you know what, Steve? Steve really is speaking to me on that. Steve really is speaking to me on that. I've been in a little bit of a YOLO mode thing. Been thinking about death. Been thinking about the limited amount of time we have here on this earth, and it's put me into a little bit of a YOLO mode. And uh, I don't know. This is not me giving a definitive statement on the, these sorts of things, but I feel like I can see how that how YOLO mode can be a little bit selfish right you know uh, like like my YOLO mode is telling me I, I, I need to uh, abandon all of my friends and family and everything I'm doing and uh, just travel the world st- alone you know uh, stay in hostels go to Berlin hang out in a dungeon and get like a new phone or whatever, and to, you know, to delete my stupid Instagram, and and just you know, go off the grid. That's what my YOLO mode is, you know, tells me. But Steve has a good point. My mom would want to call me, you know. My friends would want to know that I'm alive and shit. So he's got a good point. He's giving me a lot to think about for sure. Ellie, hello. Hello, this is her. Ellie, uh, how is life going for you? It's going well. Why is it going well? Can you hear me? I can hear you perfectly. Why is it going well? Um, I'm a bridal seamstress as of right now, and I'm really happy where I'm at. Uh, you're a bridal seamstress? Yeah, yeah. Um, I tailor wedding dresses. And I also make wedding dresses. It says here that you are a dominatrix and that you orchestrated recently a nine-person orgy. Is that correct? 
That is correct. That was something I, I was. I was a dominatrix for a little bit. I'm not anymore. Um, and then it just led me to that nine-person orgy from a, a sub that I was doming. And you were doing that for about two months. What got you two into? Months. What got you into um, that hobby? I, I, I call it a hobby. Yeah, it, it, it technically is. Um, mainly, some people build model airplanes. Some people play golf. Some people. <sighs> Sexually dominant. Well, I just wanted to venture out using just power tools. where I come from. Hey, do whatever makes you happy, I think. Do whatever makes you happy. Alright, I'll stop yeah, talking over you now. Completely. Three, two, one. Okay. Stop um, talking over you. Alright. Now. Ready. Yep. Done. So, the main reason why i did it was because i come from a very religious background and that was just very taboo to be i guess on the other side and uh i wanted to venture out and i recently at that time got out of a relationship and i was just like you know what fuck it i kind of like what i'm doing already and i want to continue out and i at least want to say that i did it you know just to have that experience and that's kind of why I don't really do it now, just because I got what I needed from it. I got what my experience was. And now I'm here and I just know that I've done it. And would I do it again? Maybe in the right situation, but more of I already did it. So I'm kind of venturing out into newer things, you know. And what was this nine person orgy like? It was very interesting. It, it was from, I was invited by my sub and we all got tested before and after just because, you know, that's always healthy and they were very communicative too. And some of them I'm friends with, but I did sign a confidentiality form because a lot of those people don't want to be known. And I respect that. A confidentiality. Oh, you signed like an NDA. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so we can talk about the experience, we just can't name names. Yeah. Not that the names would even be, I mean, you know, you you touched Katie Anderson's boobs. Like, who is that? You know what I'm saying? Like, unless, I mean, are these celebrities or, like, well-known people? Like, um, what? I can't say anything. I, I can't name their business. I can't name where they're from. I can't name anything about them. All I can name is just I did stuff with them, and that was it. So in a nine-person orgy, I feel like... I mean, how long did this last? Uh, It was a whole night. And then I went home at 4 a.m., and then I slept for two hours, and then I continued on with my day. So a nine-person orgy. In my mind, I'm like, you know... Even with like a threesome, right? It's like, how do you adequately? It was a lot. How do you adequately split it was your time between both of the people? And in, in the nine person, I mean, that's eight people. Do you feel as though you were adequately able to? Um, now, are you are you bisexual? I am. I am. Okay, so you were. And uh, 
yeah. interacting with every person so it, involved in the orgy. Let me put it like this. Sure. If one part of me did not have anything, um, you would just kind of search for, you know, hey, this space is open. <laughs> Do you want to occupy it? You know, kind of mm. sort of ideal, mm. you know? Mm. Yes, yeah, yeah. Um, you pick your spots. Just to kind of continue it. Yeah, exactly, exactly. And um, personally, I know my body well and I know my limits. Maybe not at that time, but at least for the most part from what I needed to do it. But it was a lot of pressure. I did have a lot of anxiety beforehand, but it mm. definitely does help to hang out and like talk to them and especially communication. You know, that's totally. the very most biggest thing. And I feel like that applies to anything when you're doing it, either if it's sexual or not. Mm-hmm. Um, but I just think it's always important to just be like, hey is what i can limit on or like let's go easy or if like they want to say something to me i'm more than happy to hear it you know now in that nine person orgy what position did you take throughout that night that you found to be the most ambitious ambitious oh can I be fully honest here? You can be like, fully honest. Like, I know honest I can. Here, I've, I've watched you. I'm a huge fan of you. Like, Thank I you I love you more than any other streamer. Like, I watch you religiously, and I love you, and I want to kiss you. But um, anyways. Thank you. <laughs> so, I, I, so, I mean, so, so, so you've watched the stream, you know, you can, you can be honest. Tell us what happened. Yeah. Um, totally. The most that I did was, um. I just have to put your finger in my cheek. Um, most of what I did was, you know, two cocks in my ass, mm. one in my vagina, while eating out a girl, and jerking, like jerking off like two other dicks. Okay, so I was gonna two other. Okay, so I was gonna. I was the thing is that I, the thing that I was curious about is how many links are there at once with nine people. So you said you had two in your butt. One in your vagina, and then two in your hand. That was all in total. And then someone, and then your mouth is connected as well. Six. Six. Yes. Because one, two, three, four, five, six. So that's that's six people at once. Mm -hmm. I would not do that again. I just want to try it once just to have that life experience. Mm -hmm. Um. And, like, now, what's funny is, like, now I'm very monogamous. You know, I'm not any type of poly. I just wanted to experience that. And I would only do it if I was single. Which, Mm. I mean, I am now. But I I don't feel like doing it right now. (laughs) Mm. Mm. Six people. It's very ambitious. Okay, and so then the three other... I guess the three other people... Where were they at this time, or were you were, were you not even able to survey the room at that point? I I don't know my I just knew what was going on. I I couldn't see anything through my eyes because there's a person on top of me. But sure, sure, sure. sure. <laughs> I've always I was yeah. thinking about yeah. I I was thinking about this with like a DP or 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 a TP or a QP. It's like how. How was there even that much like space for? Because the vagina and the butthole are very close to each other. So like, how do those three people 
even like like because the penis it's attached to a whole human yeah. body. How do you even get three people yeah. like that tight enough to to accomplish so, okay. something like that? I can frame this for you. I can frame this for you. Okay, Please. the one was on the bottom of me. The other one was kind of like at an angle where he was laying on top of that guy with his dick being in my ass. And then the top one being on top of that guy also in my ass. So the so the guys were on top of each other. Pretty much. We only it literally okay, that part was only for like max thirty seconds just because it's a lot going on. Yeah, I but feel like there's really a lot nice of strain experience. on the body and like the so I feel like you would have to creatively everyone have to creatively position themselves. Yeah, yeah. It's just like, okay, well, let's just try this. It, it just kinda all formed together. And, like, it was very interesting. It didn't last for long just because how structured it is. It's not very well-structured, you know? Have a no, it doesn't sound it. very... It, it does not sound like a sustainable position whatsoever. It, it's not. It is not. So... But that's okay. why you do it, you know? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You do it uh, not so much... Uh, uh, it sounds like when you say, you know, you wanted to do this as a life experience, it sounds like you weren't in search of, like, you know, you weren't simply in search of pleasure. You were in search of of adventure, in in a sense. Yeah, that's that's exactly how it was. Like, I mean, yeah, it sounds really nice, but, like, it, I don't think it would turn me on all the time just because when you really think about it, that's a lot of prep to go through. A lot of prep, which a lot of people don't understand. And I feel like that's all a lot of people don't understand if they're not, I guess, maybe in the industry. I'm not, but I, like, I, I know what they go through. It's a lot of prep. It's not easy. It's not something you just do on the go in a flash. You mean, you when, know, you, when you say prep, more... do you mean like prepping of the body, stretching of the whole yeah. type of mm-hmm. thing? Yeah. Yeah. So tell if, me. If there's no, my body would be in people you know what i i'm glad that you told us this because people i feel like don't realize the work that it takes to accomplish something like and the main thing you just show up and you get yes 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 Mm -hmm. i mean in any in any sort of uh in any sort of group effort and anything where a heavy amount of teamwork is involved inherently uh, requires a, a fair amount of communication that's what I'm saying. Either sexual or non-sexual, it's mm-hmm. always something you have to communicate with. You can't just jump into it just because it, it's not realistic. That's not how your body is technically designed to do, you know? Mm-hmm. But with, you know, good learning, good communication, and a healthy mindset and environment, you'll have a wonderful time. So before we go, tell me, uh, I don't think we touched on this yet, but what caught? Uh, what caught? Co- I burped. I was drinking some water. What caused the the exit of uh, of this lifestyle? The exit? Yes. Um, mainly because um, I didn't want like my family to know because mm. like they're also very conservative and like mainly my mom just because I I really care what she thinks. And I hope she does not hear this because ugh, I'd rather her not. But um, yeah, usually I just kind of accept because I also kind of wanted something more with one person. 
And I like mm. kind of like realized to myself that like as much sexual pleasure as this gives me, it doesn't get me in a way that makes me want to stick with it for long. You know, where of like when I really get to know and like talk to like someone, I know that like all my focus is on them and I can kind of exert and kind of have that satisfaction of giving that to just one person. And I think that's really special, you know, and some people like to do that with more people. And I think that's even more special if you have the energy and willpower to do that, by all means, do what you can with your own self-discovery, but it's great. It's great. And, um, but it it is more of like self-discovery. And I also want to tell you, Gek, you have got me through a relationship too. Uh, sometimes when I feel like I am alone and I don't like talking to anybody, I just tune into you and with your talking and understanding and just willing to listen. I think that's one of the main things why people like listening to you. Thank you, Ellie, dude. I, I, I really appreciate that. I'm glad to hear that, uh, you were able to, uh, uh, I'm glad to hear you had the courage to go out there and try something new, and then the courage after that to decide that it wasn't for you and to to leave it behind in in, in search of something new. So thank you for sharing all that. Every, with us. Everybody should, and get maybe applies to yourself too. You know, as much as wonderful this is, I we always want you to be happy. And you know, hey, if you find something on something better than this, don't don't hesitate to jump on it. If anyone wants to invite me to a nine-person orgy, my DMs are open. Hey, you can go in my DMs. Have a good night, Ellie. <laughs> you too, Gek. I love you. A gorgy. Gecko orgy. Nine per nine person gecko costume orgy. Who's down? Across America, BP supports more than two hundred and seventy-five thousand jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms, and producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows VR training platforms like ForgeFX help students master their skills. There's a big learning curve with welding. Virtual reality simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Hey folks, this episode is sponsored by Prize Picks. Football season may be over, but the action on the basketball court is heating up. Whether it's tournament season or the fight for playoff home court, there's no shortage of high-stakes basketball moments this time of year. Get in on the excitement with Prize Picks, America's number one fantasy sports app, where you can turn your hoops knowledge into serious cash. Personally, Prize Picks graciously set me up with an account for myself. I made some picks for the NBA, and I did make a little extra money, which I, of course, put safely away in a high interest savings account. Just kidding, I used it to buy candy. And you can get extra candy money too. Download the Prize Picks app today and use the code GECKO for a first deposit match of up to $100. That's the code GECKO for a first deposit match of up to $100. Pick more, pick less. It's that easy. 
Zach? Yes. What's going on? It's me. I've been waiting Zach, for close to two hours. You've been waiting for close to two hours. Yeah. Well, I, here it is. I'll let you start and then I'll, I'll get what it going. What you waited for? It's all me. You'll let me start and then you'll get it going. Yeah. Well, I mean, listen, Zach, it says here that you've been uh, weighing on your own mortality. I figured, I figured, yeah, death is tonight. Really- we've had plenty. We've, I feel like tonight has been, uh, it hasn't been depressing enough. And I'm trying to get at least one depressing call in. So I think that we can, we can okay. make it this one. All right. Well, I've got this really strange concept of death. Like it's something that you can fight like cancer. Uh, Interesting. That the, there's a possibility we, could full stop, replace all of our organs and cut our arms off and then become less reliant on our body system. Hmm. So you have this idea that death is something like a disease where you could theoretically fight against it uh, as opposed to looking at it as a inevitability. Yeah, it's something that we don't have to do <laughs> interesting and uh how heavily do you believe in this that that if you really uh, wanted to, to you could not die i am a full-blooded immortalist transhumanist hmm. Hmm. so do you anticipate that you will live forever uh, I sure, I sure would like to. Uh, e- even if it's just a ghost of my brain, you know, if my brain gets scanned and then that that image of my brain gets compiled uh, to some other entity, then maybe that, in some sense, is more immortality. So you say that you can fight off death. What are your strategies, your methods for fighting off death? Mm. Ideally, live fit, eat healthy, swap to keto. Keto is really helpful. Uh, It makes you essentially eat your fat cells, which you can create by eating greens and meat. But the whole the whole thing why I'm calling, right, is that is it a waste of time to fight death or is it an inevitability to accept it? Well, you tell me that you are a immortalist. You're a transhumanist. Not 100% sure what that means, but I'm going to go with it. Okay, I can so kind of I can I can infer what an immortalist death. means, right? That you that you believe that you could theoretically attain immortality. Yes. You were about to tell me the definition it, of transhumanist, and I, I want to hear that. Yeah. So the I would say it's more deist transhumanist, which is that God exists, 
but we give it meaning and he doesn't interact in our lives, that at some point something created the universe through thoughtful process. But we're here to die and die and die and keep dying. And there's a, a certain level of pushing the envelope that humans are meant to push the envelope. We're meant to go into space. We're meant to see other planets. You know, our, our planet will kill us. Mm-hmm. So you asked me what I think about fighting death versus accepting your mortality. Is that is that correct? Yeah. Yeah, it's a waste of time to fight fate. <laughs> well... I, I, I'm not going to tell you what to believe because you're coming in here like I'm a transhumanist, I'm an immortalitist, I believe that it's possible to fight immortality, and I'm not going to tell you what to believe. You know, if you truly believe that you can fight mortality, I'm not going to tell you that, uh, that, that, that you're wrong, you know, but, uh, if you're, if you're asking me, no, go ahead. I saw the show, and I saw you, and you seem like you're just kind of here to to be here, and you exist to exist, so I, I connected with that. The, it's an extremely accurate I just uh, have to description wander. of what I'm doing. I have to kind of just wander through life with no meaning, mm-hmm. only to accept death at the end. I mean, that seems kind of lackluster. Why do you feel like your life has no meaning? Because what does it all lead to? It's all at the end of life, you die, and then what does that mean? Like, my parents would go to heaven, according to them, and I would go to hell, you know? So I'm burning eternally forever. That doesn't seem too good. (laughs) What is your life like right now? Do you... Oh, I'm, a job? I'm do you have friends? Do you have, well, t- tell, tell me everything. Uh, I had a car crash in October that really shook my life up, and it made me perceive life in a different way, that it could just be gone quickly and without any idea that it it would happen. You know, you just die. I crashed my car into a wall going 45 miles an hour and fractured my spine. Uh, and the car crash was actually caused by a seizure. So I have memory issues and things going on in my life that's it's just fucked. It, it's just fucked. Excuse me. Am I allowed to cuss? You can say whatever you want. Well... I just wanted to talk to the gecko. That's the idea. Is I wanted to talk to the gecko. Maybe you could tell me that life is worth dying for, you know, or life is worth fighting for. Hmm. Well, I was thinking about this sort of recently, and it's like immortality... There's almost, and and don't let me just tell you what is and what isn't. You know, I want to get your opinion on this here because I I, I I know about as much as you do about life and shit. But yeah, immortality. There's no almost doubt. a hint. There's there's almost a hint of greed to that, right? Like 
everyone yeah. who has ever lived, every organism, every fucking plant, dog, mm-hmm. elephant, booger, they've all died. Every Abraham yeah. Lincoln fucking died. Everyone who's in the news right now is going to die. No, it doesn't matter. Kim Kardashian's gonna die. I'm gonna die. You're gonna die. Everyone listening to this is gonna all gonna die. Everyone's gonna die. We have this allotted period of time to exist that was given to everybody. And don't you think there's something a little bit greedy, a little bit egotistical? And I, I don't know. I want to get your opinion on this because I'm I'm developing this as I'm speaking it. But isn't there something a little bit greedy about saying, well, every living thing in the history of life has had a finite amount of time but me I should get more you know no I no, mean I... it's like it's like if you eat a nice uh, a basket of chicken oh. tenders it's like shouldn't that be enough do I need do I need to order another basket can I not Sit in the yeah, moment no, okay. with the chicken tenders and ab- any, observe the, the 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 texture. Look at the juices as I'm squeezing it. it can, can I not live in the moment of what I was given and accept it to be enough? You know what I mean. What do you think about that? Mm, I think it is to some degree selfish of me to want to live forever. But at the same time, the universe is so expansive that our willingness to conquer it would be something worth witnessing. I agree. And I've been thinking about this, man. I really have, because I, I, I've been thinking a lot recently about how uh, there's so many corners of the world and so many people. And I'm just I'm not going to be able to see it all. I'm really not. I'm not going to be able to see like fucking lebanon and uh, yeah. uh you know i'm not gonna get to go to some guy's house in north dakota and have dinner with him I, I'm, not, I'm not gonna get there's infinite human experiences infinite people infinite adventures and yeah. i'm just not gonna be able to <laughs> to have them all but so be, because of that and that's the reality for everyone even the most you know even the guy on instagram was posting a picture of himself at the northern lights one day and uh you know hanging out with the president the other day even that guy it's not gonna get to do everything so in light of that what i think you gotta do is uh the things you do get to do the friends you do get to have the family you do get to have the sights you do get to see even if you think they're boring even, even just the f- sky right outside of your front door even talking to your mom on the phone even looking at a picture yeah. of a dog on the computer whatever life experience you do get to have cherish it you know like like yeah, like we're, we're trying that. to conquer the whole world but how much are we really appreciating the shit that we do get to do. That's what I'm trying to tell myself because Whoa. it's like if you can't look out, if you can't take a walk around your neighborhood that you've been in for, you know, however long you've been in there and you can't appreciate the shit that's right in front of you every single day, 
you're not gonna find what you're looking for out in the I'm, world. Like I'm you're not gonna be able to appreciate the I'm Grand Canyon if you can't appreciate the the smile on your friends. We're gonna get corny here, but you know the the smile on your friend's face or a dog at a park at your shitty small town you know if you can't appreciate what's right in front of you you're not gonna be able to appreciate what you think is the the grand stuff out there you know what i'm saying is any of this resonate yeah. with you yeah yes i i could put it plainly as the four billion year principle that i've lived my life through is that in four billion years all of everything we know has the possibility to completely destroy itself so earth and everything is just going to go away in two million, two billion years, our sun is going to turn into a red dwarf giant, which is going to evaporate all of the water on Earth completely, entirely. And all the Gatorade, too. No, I mean, not the Gatorade. <laughs> you think the Gatorade will survive uh, the, the, the sun dying out? If, yeah, if humans have the potential, like I think we do... We have the potential to live in Red Dwarf land. <laughs> you know, we, we could go underground and save ourselves. Well, I hope I'm dead long before uh, before the great uh, Gatorade oh, drought. Of, don't, well, don't. Uh, you know, I'm 14, not going to hold 000. my breath for it. Um, well, listen, Zach. Um, I, 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 I sort of feel, I gave my spiel about how I feel about uh, thank you for giving me the space to let that all out there because these are all things uh, these things that you're thinking about I'm thinking about them too it's been it's been heavily weighing on my mind my own mortality but um, and I'm always between these two solutions of okay I'm gonna die so I should go out into the world and do everything see everything I possibly can and I want to do that and I'm I'm leaning towards doing that and, and, and it's a goal of mine to do that but I would be remiss to not alongside that learn how to better appreciate and soak in everything that's right in front of me right now I was even even as I'm like on the phone with you I'm like in my head uh trying to be mm -hmm. just appreciative of of the fact that like i'm on the fucking internet and i'm getting to do this as a job and like talk to you about these things so I i'm trying to simultaneously appreciate the life experience that i am getting to have while uh being ambitious toward uh, uh creating more um and then when it comes time for me to die i i only hope yeah. that i'll have been grateful for whatever I did get while I was alive. Yeah, I mean, is is it wasted effort to fight it? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So that 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 answers my question. Thank thank you for taking my call. For sure, man. That, I guess I guess my my succinct answer would be uh, uh, that effort that you're spending fighting it. Um, put that into appreciating it. Okay, that's it. Thank you. Beautiful. Thank you, Zach. Take care. <sighs> All right, I did it. I went on a on a lifey rant. 
I went on a corny, lifey rant. Now, does anybody want to call in to tell me about a time they shat themselves? I feel like that's the natural point of progression for this podcast. Hello, is this Talon? This is. What's going on with you, Talon? Just hanging out. Warm night here up in the Midwest. Okay. Do you want to uh, tell me what it is you called in about? I uh, moved in with my first roommate. And I collect his toenails and fingernails. And And I don't know how to stop. How long have you been doing this? Um, We became roommates in September. Um, I'd probably say it started right around Christmas. And where do you typically find his toenails and fingernails? Does Does he typically clip them in one particular area that you you scavenge them from well uh it it started with the fingernails he bites them and i would just see them on the floor in our living room and i'd get it started off with me getting really upset about it um and then as time went on i kind of just started collecting them maybe as proof I'm not sure. And then Hmm. the toenails turns into a whole different story. Hmm. Okay, so you started collecting them as a a way to build a case. But then it took on its own form of pleasure for you. And how many of your roommates' fingernails and toenails would you say you are currently in possession of? Oh, geez. Maybe... 100 and 150 200 oh okay hold on hold on 150 to 200 well i was so i work night shift so i get off at 2 a.m and i would just you know he'd be in bed and i just kind of go on a little scavenger hunt i started finding more and more I feel like 150-200, I mean, if he's only been there since September, that's about, what, six months or so? Something like that? Six or seven months, maybe? Is that even enough time for you yeah. to collect that many? I mean, that, I mean, the, guy's only ha- the guy only has 20 nail-producing digits at a time. Well, what is it? Toenails grow at the same rate as tectonic plates separate, so, I mean, that's... I mean, that's a substantial amount, five a day upstairs. And then next thing you know, you're looking through his carpets in his bedroom for the toenails. I don't know if the tectonic plates thing is true, but you seem like you would know more about toenails than me. So I'm going to take your word for it. Well, I I dug a little deep because I feel a little psychotic. And where do you typically keep the fingernails and toenails? Um, I have a little wooden chest uh, I've had since I was a kid. Used to keep keepsakes in it, and you know, it's a little collection box. Okay. And you're saying you feel a little bit psychotic. Why do you Why do you feel psychotic? 
well, I, I've considered myself a normal guy kind of up until this point, you know, COVID hit, took on golf, I work out and just, I have this weird obsession with the things I observe them. I kind of, sometimes they're different colors and I don't know, it's just, I can't stop. And do you clip your own fingers and toenails, uh, fingernails and toenails? I do. What do you do with them? I just, I clip them over the toilet and flush them. Okay, so you don't do anything with your own. You only want your roommates. Yes. What is your relationship like with your roommate outside of this? Are you, is there any sexual element to this, do you think? Are you, are you attracted to your roommate? No, uh, he's actually my best friend. We've been best friends for a while and we work out together, but I have a girlfriend. So like, I don't, I don't get any arousal from it. Okay. How long you known him for? Uh, geez, probably almost seven years now. Does he know that you collect his fingernails and toenails? He does not. How do you think he would react if you found out? Uh, we have a pretty goofy friendship. I think he would be weirded out and it would be a very weird conversation, but like, I don't think it would be a deal breaker for the friendship. Okay. Have you considered telling him that you collect his fingernails and toenails, or are you keeping this a secret for as long as you possibly can? I think I think I could tell him, and I want to, but it's more my girlfriend that I'm terrified to tell. Why are you terrified to tell your girlfriend? Well, I mean... Well, we've been together three years, but that's just a that's just a wrench in the whole relationship. I feel like you seem like you've done some introspection into this. Is that is that correct? Have you taken the time to sort of ask yourself why you're doing this? Yeah, I mean, I overthink everything. I I mean, I've looked into the rate that they grow. I look at the nails, I look at what it's going to do to our relationship, and I just, I feel like that's not a, a great thing to be thrown into a relationship. A friendship mm, might be a little goofy. You Google and research the rate of growth of toenails and fingernails so that you can sort of plan your next scavenge around that. Well, well it started off with me being pissed about it because they're, it just, it seemed like there were so many. And then next thing you know, it's just an obsession. It's almost like, like research. Do you have any sort of master plan, like of something that you want to do with these fingernails and toenails? An end game of any kind? Okay, I want to burn them to see how they smell. Interesting. And how many do you hope to collect before you burn them to see how they smell? Uh, I would hope that I talk to him about it before it gets to that point. When you imagine yourself burning them to see how they smell, is he there with you to join in on the experience? I haven't, I haven't considered that, but I think it could be pretty fun. 
maybe a little a little goodbye would he would do you think he would be uh, open to that yeah we're both we're both pretty weird mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I almost think if you think he's pretty weird do you think that there's a possibility that he's collecting yours on the side I think if he was collecting mine and I find, I found out and he and I'm collecting his I think maybe there would be some arousal in that just because like it's a, such a connection mm-hmm. I mean what are the odds what are the odds well listen uh, Talon I hope that you find the courage to come clean with to your friend about what it is that you've been doing because it sounds like it's not weighing on you super hard but I do think you would find a great deal of release in finally bringing this issue out into the open with him. Yeah, I agree. It's been on my mind too much. Hey, thank you very much for calling, Talon. Thank you. You have a good night. That would be kind of beautiful, actually. If they both found that they were collecting each other's fingernails and toenails. But here's the thing, is that I was go- okay. What I was going to say just now is that if somebody were collecting his fingernails and toenails, he would know. But I bite my nails, clip my toenails all the time, and sort of haphazardly place them around the area. And I think I probably wouldn't notice if any of them went missing. Somebody very well could be collecting my fingernails and toenails. And hey, to to you listening to this, do you not agree? Is there not a possibility that somebody that you live with is collecting your fingernails and toenails? Just something to think about. BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Professional welder Shayna Ford used VR training developed by ForgeFX to hone her skills as a welder. The more time that you spend practicing it, that's what separates a good welder from a great welder. VR training can help students like Shayna repeatedly practice specific skills. Virtual reality definitely helps because the more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Explore more stories like Shayna's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. Dan? Hey, what's going on? Hey, hey, how's it going? How's it going? Dan? Uh, it's going great, man. I love your show. Oh, thanks, Dan. I appreciate you, man. What's um, what's happening with you right now? Um, yeah, man. So uh, I play uh, a trading card game, right? It's uh, it's the Yu-Gi-Oh trading card game. 
yesterday I was playing uh, in a tournament and I went undefeated. It was my first time. So I wanted to come in. I wanted to spread some love, talk to you about it. I'm very curious about this. It says here that you're 29 years old. Now, is, yeah. is getting into Yu-Gi-Oh! a recent thing for you? or Because I feel like typically, because you said this is your first tournament, and I feel like typically how it goes is you sort of, when you're 14, you just have the cards, and you don't really know how to actually play the game. You just sort of, you hold up a card, and your friend holds up a card, and whichever one looks cooler is the winner. But then as you get older, you actually learn how to play the game and, and start to get good at it. Is that a, 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 a sort of a trajectory that's accurate to to your journey? Yeah, but when you're kids, the the only thing that I would add on to it is when you try to show each other cards, sometimes it didn't matter because if you got hit, they just took your card anyway. Mm. Mm. So <laughs> um, they, but they, they yeah, started, this was, you, you this were was, playing Yu-Gi-Oh! with street rules. Yeah, um, you know, some people had life points. You know, we had teeth. Who could keep the most teeth? Mm. Mm. Now, uh, did you ever have to go on the offensive and knock a person out to get their Yu-Gi-Oh cards before they could do it to you? Yes. What was that like? So his name was Ian McGuire, and he was... He was somebody that was one of those people who, like, you thought they were your friend, but they would just act really shitty to you as a kid. Maybe it was just, like, on a situational base that you were friends out with them. Um, but, yeah, they tried pulling that move on me with my Blue Eyes White Dragon that I pulled from uh, the Shonen Jump magazine. Uh, I was really happy about it, too, because it's like, look at how cool this is. It's alternate art. Um, he tried that on me. And, nah, I shut his shit down. I took him down, and I took his card. Mm. Took his face to the shadow realm. Can I ask what the rest of your childhood was like? It was pretty good. Pretty chill. This, this, um, this, seem, cause, cause this seems life. like... Oh, sorry, what was the last thing you said? Average suburban life. Average suburban life. Okay, so this... this, yeah. uh, this These Yu-Gi-Oh! brawls is, is the darkest it gets. No, um, because there's a lot of grown-ass adults that fight each other over Yu-Gi-Oh as well. That oh, really? Tell me about crazy. that. Yeah. Um, so, the one tournament that was like a large tournament for the whole city, um, two people were arguing on a ruling with each other because it's an unnecessarily complicated game that's very based off of the text. Uh, the one person uh, had a judge not rule in their favor, and then he and the judge just fought in the middle of the tournament. Hmm. Hmm. So you are in the competitive Yu-Gi-Oh! community. I assume you have friends in the community. Are you close mm -hmm. with any of these people who you have observed to be starting fights in the community? I stay away from bad blood like that. I do this because it's a, it's a silly game, hanging out with friends. It's a little competitive. You can have a few drinks while you're doing it, but that's just too much, too much effort to be able to put into something as silly as this. So tell me, what do you think the timeline of the life of somebody 
who, as a 30-year-old man, is getting into physical fights at Yu-Gi-Oh! tournaments. How do you think their life began, middled, and ended? Or I guess not ended, but you know, how do how do they how do they get to where they are? If if you had to make a gander of it, you know, you yourself being one of those guys, because I feel like you seem like a good guy, right? You thank you. I mean, so much coming from you. I love you, man. Oh, thank you, thank you, Dan. You know, you you see, but but here's the thing: you seem like you made proper choices, but had you not. You, it was totally in the realm of possibility for you to be one of those guys getting into Yu-Gi-Oh fights at 30 years old. Yu-Gi-Oh is a slippery road, man. Hmm. Hmm. Um, but I would say, if anything, point? it's probably just escapism. Hmm. Uh, a lot of people, uh, you know, may have had a little bit of rougher lifestyle, just like you were saying earlier. It's uh, it's a childhood thing that we all got into because it was so cool. It didn't make sense, but you know, like card games monsters magic um i mean you know, that was the one constant that they had to go through with everything so being victorious in that maybe gives them a sort of self-satisfaction to that younger self that's still yearning to be that like level of cool in japanese anime that a lot of people try to be right now including myself right right i feel like we, we all try to be japanese anime characters at one point in our lives mm-hmm And do you feel like you've ever come close to experiencing what you think it might feel like to be the protagonist in a Japanese anime? I try every day when I wake up to be my own protagonist in an anime. I do my hair up pretty well, too, to kind of look like that. Hmm. What brought you to start participating in these tournaments? Had you not played the game... Uh as a child I played a little bit as a child and then I got out of it just like you know life and anime gets less interesting as you experience real world things <laughs> um, uh, and then my buddy just randomly said hey I you have your old cards I have mine come on over we started playing with it this is probably like five years ago um, and now you know, we have our own team. We're trying to be competitive and be like cool badasses. Hmm. Hmm. So now that you're you're older, but yet you tell me you still crave the feeling of being an anime protagonist. Mm-hmm. Do you think that there's anything that you get out of your real tangible life that you wouldn't get? Were you an anime protagonist? Probably more deeper side storylines. I work with people on a day-to-day basis, so everyone's little story makes up a whole different picture for me. And the protagonist, whenever you're watching those shows, you only see it through the protagonist. Sometimes writers are lazy. They'll go like a B-side story going on with it. Um, But yeah, because I work with people on their day-to-day lives, I speak with them directly. Um, I'm one of those people where, you know, they just out of nowhere will just open up unnecessarily. And in a matter of five minutes of meeting people, I know their whole life story. Mm. Mm. I feel like that's pretty close to what you would get if you were an anime protagonist where you go up to an NPC and they'll just tell you their whole thing, whatever it is that's going on with them. So you're 
you know, as close as one could feasibly be to living that life. I never thought about it like that. That's a beautiful insight. Thank you. Of course. Is there anything else you want to talk about, Dan? Um, now, nah, can I just do a shout out real quick before you hang up? Yeah, sure. Who are we shouting out? I'm going to shout out to my friend, Zach. Uh, he's, he's my fatty. He's my man. He's listening to the stream with us right now. Um, he's great people. You're great people. Thank you for taking my call, man. I appreciate you. Of course. Thank you for calling, Dan. Thank you. I was always more into, into Pokemon than Yu-Gi-Oh. But I didn't have a lot of friends growing up, so I, I know I never really played the game with me. I was also stupid. You know what? It's weird how, like, as an eight-year-old, they design these very sort of intricate games, both the trading card game and the video game. Like, when I play them now, I think to myself, how did I, as, like, I mean, I said eight, but it's probably, like, what, six understand like all the math involved of like HP and like you gotta selectively pick this move and like strategize and stuff I mean it's not like an intense strategy game but I feel like it has enough strategy that a six year old would not know what the hell is going on it's not like Sonic or something where you can just sort of hit forward on the stick and jump every once in a while and you're good very surprised by that because I normally think of six-year-olds as kind of dumb, but you need like a, the slightest bit of IQ points available to you to do one of these RPGs. BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America.